0: Folks, I'm recording this episode this week from my hotel room in Reno and whenever I'm here and I have to read you what I'm about to read you or go off the cuff or whatever it might be, it always makes me crave the thing that we talk about which at the top of the show is of course the Handlebar. If you don't know about the Handlebar, they're a local craft beer bar and restaurant right back home in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. And they have an incredible happy hour, seven days a week. That's all the days. It's all the days of the week where from 2 to 6 p.m., you can have a dollar off any of their 28 draft beers. It's a really incredible deal. I know the weather is not ideal at the time of this recording, but I promise you it's going to clear up. You can sit out on their patio when it does. You can sit inside if it's raining. You can you can do the opposite if you want. You can have a nice imperial stout out on a rainy patio and feel like the captain of a pirate ship. The world is your oyster when you're at the handlebar, is my point. If you've never been, head down to their place at the south end of town. Again, it's at 2070 East 20th Street. Um, That's right by Best Buy. That's right by Winco. Um, It's also right by where your phone will tell you to go if you punch in the address. Again, it's the handlebar. Go have a beer for me. Here's the show. Why don't we begin?
1: This is, is Fresh Hop Cinema.
0: Hey, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a craft beer and movie podcast and radio show and YouTube channel. And <laughs> generally speaking, good time. Hello, I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. What's going on? This week on the show, our thoughts on Argyle, the latest from Kingsman franchise director Matthew Vaughn. The film stars Bryce Dallas Howard as something of a fortune teller novelist whose spy thrillers catch the attention of of a real-world spy organization after what happens in her books keeps coming true. The film also stars Sam Rockwell, Henry Cavill, John Cena shows up. But before we get into that, Johnny's going to tell you what we're drinking this week.
1: Yeah, we are drinking beers that I snagged in person from Berryessa Brewing out of Winters, California. The first beer is called Fast Pass to Hells. It's a 5% German Hells Pale Lager. And the second beer is going to be their House IPA, simply called just that, House IPA. It's a West Coast classic IPA, 7%. To find our podcast... Going all the way back to 2016, just go search for Fresh Hop Cinema on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. If you like the show, please take five seconds and leave us a five-star rating on the Apple Podcasts, and definitely, most assuredly, let us know that you did. You're going to want to text us, obviously, for many reasons, but mainly to brag, or with feedback about the show, all that sort of good thing. Text us at 530-433-0839. Again, the number is 530 433 0839. How many podcasts do you listen to that you can just text them? It's ours, crazy. baby. Ours. We're the one and only. To hang out with us on social media, just go search Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or just head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com.
0: Okay. Let's also talk Patreon as we do um, for most of the time on this show, which is the way to keep our show running. You can give us a couple bucks a month and, in exchange. We give you um, a smattering of very cool things from monthly or weekly or biweekly bonus episodes to um, exclusive get togethers at local watering holes to movie nights, to giant events where we have all of the people on Patreon over to either my house or Johnny's house. Um, am I missing any like major Patreon
1: perks, Johnny? um first shot at any of our merch runs that we do that's always pretty cool and we've been cranking out some rad stickers last year i think we had three or four variants of our stickers in different colors yeah and patrons just get hooked up with those for free so i mean if you want some really cool merch uh and an entry into a fun beer drinking movie watching good time having community there's only one website you need it's patreon.com slash cinema
0: Yeah, oh, and also like movie credits. At the end of our, at the end of the visual side of this, your name's a very true. And birthday shout-outs. Uh, and I don't Mm -hmm. think we have any this week, but if there was one, you'd be shouted out person. Um, okay, I think that's housekeeping off the top of the show. Johnny, you um picked out beers this week, and it is a a little extra personal because I believe you got these in
1: person at the brewery, right? I did. Yeah. I was on my way back from the Bay Area and Wanted to escape uh, the bay before the traffic got crazy, so I didn't make it to seller Maker or any of the spots that I was, you know, trying to get to down there. But there is the little hidden gem that is Baria. on the way back, and I got to pop in there and actually ended up having a couple beers with Chris, the head brewer, and Lori, his wife, one of the owners, and uh, talked to him about the show, kind of what we're all about. Uh, and they hand picked the two beers for the show this week. I was like, you guys pick. What you want on the show? What you want out there for the world to see?
0: It's good when that happens, and because we've done this a couple times, once recently, and I'm not going to to dig it up because um, I I wasn't the biggest fan of the beers that the brewery representative um, <laughs> requested for us. But mm-hmm. um, I'd also never had that brewery. I've had Barryessa many a time. I'm a fan of almost all of their beers, um, so I'm really excited to have a recommendation handpicked from um, the people that make it. Essentially.
1: Heck yeah, man. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Berryessa while you're pouring your beer, and, uh, and then we'll get to the sampling. Uh, about Berryessa. So they're a 20-barrel craft brewery located just outside Historic Winters, California. They're literally 10 minutes off of the, the 505. So if you're heading back from the Bay Area, it's super easy to get to. Uh, our tap room is located at our brewery. We take pride in producing fresh, quality beer, beer available for wholesale or to enjoy at our tap room. And here's something that personally I really appreciate. They offer full pints, half pints, and sample trays. That's I'm a great big, big fan of the half pint. Yeah, I love that too. It's such a great, it's such a great call.
0: Um, I have now poured my beer. Again, the first beer is I'm gonna say fast pass to Hellas, because I'm gonna, although it is fun to say Hellas, I'm gonna say Hellas. Um and yeah, it's it's a Hellas lager. Uh, anybody that's watching can see kind of what the can looks like. Maybe Johnny will take it upon himself to describe it in a moment. Um, but I'll read you what they got, which is it's an exemplary traditional German Helles pale lager. This bright lager is a perfect quench for a warm spring day. It's 5% and, and that's what we're diving into. Have you had a chance to pour yours yet, Johnny Summers? I have. I poured it and I just took a sip. Okay. Now you've, I I think I asked you this, but um, nobody else has had the chance to, you didn't try this when you were there or did you? I did. Okay. And you, well, it doesn't matter what you
1: thought then you can tell me what you think now. How is it? (laughs) Yeah, man. It is so crispy. It's a crispy boy. It's right up my alley. We all know I'm digging these lately. Um, I love how clean drinking it is. It's smooth. It's got a really nice level of carbonation. It's it's crisp. It's got that bite of of bubbles that you really want. Uh, and I love the, the biscuity, crackery finish from that malt bill that just yep. kind of gives you a little, little pop at the end, man. It's this is a crusher. This is uh, if it's hot outside, this 16 ounce can has zero chance in my life. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, just to, to
0: stylistically distinguish a little bit here, like we, we did a beer, I don't know, maybe it was last week. It could have been the week before. Um, and it might've even been on a bonus episode for Patreon. I can't remember, but I guessed that the beer was, I want to say, I thought it was a Czech Pilsner. And I think you told me it was German Pilsner. Was that an Ennegrin beer? That was. Okay, and I remember we went into a little bit of a, a diversion there where we talked about the differences. So I just wanted to point out the difference here or, or maybe the distinguishing factor in a Helles lager um, compared mm-hmm. to a, a number of other lagers. But but the main thing you wanna look for is um, just like a bit of sweetness, like an, like a, a, a very light sweetness that kind of acts as a counterpoint to what can often be like a spicier German hop profile. Um, mm-hmm. And having my first taste, which I did um, just now, that's definitely there. It's not a super biting beer. It's very light. Uh, it's really refreshing. It's, um, what, Hey, what's the weather like in Chico today, by the way?
1: Uh, right now it is about 58 degrees and overcast and gloomy and a little sprinkly. Okay. Here in Reno, I kind of expected it to be bad, but it's been pretty bright and sunny, maybe
0: like low sixties, but, um, this is like perfect spring weather beer and we're not even in spring weather either of us. So I, I think that sometimes the, the, the weather outside can really affect what I want to drink. And I think that just off the blocks, the fact that I'm enjoying this as much as I do, given given the current climate outside is, is already, um, a strong testament to this beer in this economy in this climate, (laughs) uh, it's, no, it's really good though,
1: man. I I really dig it off, off the bat. Yeah. I mean, it's so fundamentally sound. I mean, every once in a while you have a beer and you're like, is this well-made? Like I question some of the tactics in, in compiling a recipe or something, but this one immediately you can tell just quality ingredients and super well-made, like just a very fundamentally sound beer. Yeah. We
0: we've often talked about kind of one of the key barometers when it comes to traditional lagers being the fact that there's not much to hide behind. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's not, there's not a thousand adjuncts or there's often not like nine hops or you know, it's not brewed with fruit or like barrel aged and whatever. Like it's just the basic ingredients and it comes down to how, how well those ingredients are curated and and combined into this very simplistic, but difficult to pull off recipe. And I think I'm I'm with you. I think that's kind of what you're saying.
1: This is very, very well made regardless of how we feel about it personally. Yeah, no, exactly. It's easy to, to get wrapped up in, in the feelings and the fun you had getting it, but just a purely objectively super well-constructed beer. Yeah. Uh, is, and is then good. also it doesn't hurt that I really like it. Yeah. It doesn't hurt at all. Is there anything you're not digging about it? You know, there's really not much, man. Um, stylistically I've been into Hellas quite a bit. Uh, shout out to brew belt for their brain bypass Hellas. It's, ah, it's gr- Did we do that on the show? I think we did. If we didn't, we've drank it a bunch together. It must uh, it's been be been on, on the show. tap a bunch. It's so good. It's so good. And like it's really reawakened a love in me for like the Hellas lager. They're just so satisfying. Something about that brightness and that just sheer drinkability with that little bit of a biscuit on the end. Like they're yeah. just they're a great style. And if I see one on a board, I gravitate towards it. That's why this was the first beer I had when I got to Berryessa. Uh, I was like, yep, I want that. Give it to me. Does
0: that change for you seasonally? Like, are you, you know, middle of December? Are you still, if you get to a place that has craft beer, like, give me the, give me the Hellas Lager or give me, you know, the Pilsner. Is that always kind
1: of your go-to? I mean, it just depends, man. Like, if they've got a really cool barrel-aged stout that I haven't tried or something that I know I love, I usually will go for a pour. Like, my ideal situation, right, is I, I walk into a craft beer bar, I get maybe an eight ounce pour of a barrel aged stout that I'm super stoked on. Uh huh. Do you maybe drink it right some, away? Nope. Maybe okay. that has some cool adjuncts. I get that bad boy. Yeah. And then I let that sit there to warm up and then I get myself either like a really bright hoppy West coast IPA or like the most intriguing and uh, you know, whatever I'm drawn to on their logger board. Um, And I'll grab that to drink while the stout's warming up. That to me is like a perfect wintertime experience or spring or summer or fall. You know,
0: I forgot that that's what you did until you started speaking with a tone that told me you were about to explain something near and dear to your heart. And then I knew exactly what you were (laughs) going (laughs) to say. That's great. Yeah, it's a great strategy for sure. Um, So nothing jumping out to you that you don't love about this? Not much, man. There's really, really not much. I could use a little bit more punchiness. It does feel like it's falling a little flat in terms of, um, you know, it's a double-edged sword because it is very smooth and unoffensive. Um, but I do, t- I tend to personally gravitate towards sort of newer age pilsners that do emphasize maybe more of a, uh, I don't know, a hop profile or a malt profile or something. And this is just mm-hmm. and and take this as a backhanded compliment if you want, Berryessa, But this is just so well balanced and uh, even keel that it's, it's almost underwhelming and that could be taken in a really positive way.
1: I don't know. It's too, it's too smooth. It's such a smooth operator. Max,
0: Max can't even handle it. Um, Do you want to describe the can for our podcast listeners?
1: Yeah. So it's clearly uh, an homage to the fast pass lane in uh, any of the, the bridge scenarios that we have uh, here in California, ideally, you know, the Bay bridge, whatever. Sure. What other bridges? The Martinez Bridge. Sure. Uh, fast pass I
0: I think the, the the big one would be the Golden Gate. Is maybe what I would would have shouted Not out to It's a big I one. use
1: the bay. I use the Bay Bridge
0: way more than the Golden. The Gate, Brooklyn though. Bridge is another one in our area that we are big fans Obviously. of.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Lon, London Bridge. Of course. It's it's, it's Tower around Bridge. Here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, but yeah, I agree. It's fast pass <laughs> reference. Yeah, and I want to say that this is an outline of Lake Berryessa in the middle. It looks lake like something like you would see on a map. Um, but yeah, all in the purple and teal of the fast pass lane, really clean label. Very, it's white with teal and purple lettering. It's all white teal purple. Yeah. Um, pretty eye catching, man. I like uh, the color scheme quite a bit. It's simple. It's to the point. It's not gaudy. It's very, this is what it is. And you get the joke, but it's not over the top. A lot of beer labels need like sparkles to make you think that the beer inside's good. Sure not I this like one that this doesn't i like that this doesn't i like a simple clean label man you know i didn't get the fast pass reference when
0: you're like it's obviously a reference to that i was like yes yes how <laughs> obvious that is oh you pretentious podcaster no no, it's, i mean it's I, obvious i mean i've yeah I've, I've done the fact i should i should have recognized that I, but at the same time maybe it's not you know you're pretty confident you'd take a bet on that
1: yeah. yeah, I've seen the older labels. Uh, they had a bunch of them stuck to their fridge and it was, it was super clear. One of them was like in a triangle, but they couldn't use that anymore.
0: Oh, you've got insider information. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, super good beer. Um, not much that I'm – there's certainly nothing blaringly or glaringly uh, wrong with this beer. For me, it's going to come down to personal choice, personal taste. Um, but I'm I'm pretty close to being ready to rate it if you are. I think I am too. Okay. I'll give you my number. My number is a seven. Very good beer. Really delicious. I'd have it again. I think the 16 ounce can serving size of this is exactly right. I think if you're going to the brewery and they offer you a taster or a half pint or a pint, get a pint. You know, it's a 5% beer. It's going to treat you right. Probably. It maybe won't stick out a hundred percent in the most memorable beers you've had, but you
1: will like it. I think that's a pretty good endorsement. So I'm a seven. All right. Seven solid score for you. Uh, I think I like it more than you, and I think in my mind, really outstanding loggers stick out and are memorable. Um, so for that reason, and just the sheer enjoyment of the style and this beer in particular, I'm going to rate it quite a bit higher than you. Quite a bit higher. Quite a bit higher. All right. There's um, not, I mean, there's not much. Okay, I got to know. Yeah, for me, this beer is like a nine two. Oh it's, it's, snap! Well, it's up there with you know some of the best. Hellest loggers that I've ever had, you know, and if if that sentence comes out of my mouth, it has to be in the nines. There's no way around it. It's just, um, you know, it's absolutely clean front to back. There's no off flavors. There's no, you know, that too smoothness that you're complaining about for sure. me is a real selling point. Yeah, uh, and you know, this is something I could drink a liter of, no problem, and. I think that style is made to do that, to be consumed in large quantities. It's a low yeah. ABV, high enjoyability uh, ratio, and that ratio is just slapping for me. So yeah, 9-2. It's up there with the best Hellas lagers I've ever had. That's so. a great
0: score, man. I mean, it's it's been a pretty good maybe, I don't know, 18 months on our show for beers of this style. And not even necessarily mm-hmm. Hellas lagers, but lagers in general. Um, I'm not sure if it's your sort of magnified attention on the style that you've been bringing more to the show for my consumption? Or if it's just a happy coincidence that more of these beers are being made in our area that we are getting access to. But either way, um, a trend that I am more than happy to keep participating in if uh, if you are.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's a little bit of both. It's, you know, I'm a big logger guy and that's the way this market and this industry is trending. It's It's gone kind of full circle and, and come back to some of its roots and these really old you know, rustic styles of, of loggers and pilsners are really coming into their own again. Uh, and, you know, time's a flat wheel, all that. And it's just, it's here, man. It's now it's here. It's good. And it's a trend that I am with you. I will keep endorsing. Yeah. If we wait long enough on that flat
0: circle, we might eventually come back around everybody just drinking Schlitz and uh, uh, Bush Light and uh, Whoa. Miller High Life and whatever else. Uh, Easy. But hopefully that's, Bush lights name out of your mouth. Hey, hopefully that's for another time in the future. For now, once again, um I don't even need to say this because we're just on podcasting right now on YouTube. So you know you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Um yeah. if you've tried Fast Pass to Hellas, if you work at Berriessa, if you think that I'm right and that's not a reference to a fast pass, even though now I'm fairly convinced that it is. If any of that is you and you want to get in touch with us, please do. Um, Like Johnny said, you can send a spicy text if you want to 530 433 0839. Uh, We do love feedback. Our podcast phone number, a direct line into the eyes and ears of us, is 530 433 0839. And for the love of God, if you slightly enjoy our show, please leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, Um, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram. Do something. It really helps us out. Uh, wherever you're listening to our succulent voices, just just, just do something, please.
1: Just do anything. Just yes. It yeah. is as easy as tapping the screen on that phone just a few more times than you probably are every single day. Yeah. But for you know such little effort, it really is the best. And one of the only ways for us to get the show in front of new listeners is your reviews, your interactions, your comments, share our posts. If we do a beer that you like or you gave us like Brian Gonzalez did this last week. He shared all of our stuff on his Instagrams. It was great. Oh, cool! It's a very cohesive, symbiotic relationship, man. You give us cool stuff, we'll drink it, we'll review it, we'll make some cool content, you share it, the wheel goes round and round, and everyone's happy. Coming up next is a trailer for Argyle. It came out a couple weeks ago,
0: but if you haven't seen it yet, don't worry, we're not spoiling it just yet. Don't go anywhere.
1: I certainly hope you dance as
0: well as you dress. There's only one way to find out.
1: You and I, we're not so different. Agent Argyle.
0: Little help? Hold on. The
1: book is phenomenal, sweetie, but.
0: What happens next? It's called a cliffhanger,
1: Mother. Ellie, it's called a cop out.
0: There's a cat in there.
1: Oh, my God. You're Ellie freaking Conway. Author of Argyle series, Ellie Conway. I am such a fan. Oh, yeah? What is it you do? Espionage.
0: Would you sign my book?
1: Here we go. I love this book.
0: Come on. Who are these people? Real life spies. Why would they care about me? Because you're a goddamn fortune teller, Ellie. What you you wrote in your new book actually happened and you kicked a hornet's nest, you didn't even know existed.
1: I'm in some really big trouble, mom. Oh, so now you're experimenting
0: with drugs.
1: I want all assets on them now. I need her to write the next chapter.
0: God, I hate that cat. It's time for you to meet the real Agent Argyle.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Oh, my God. The
0: greater the spy. The Bigger the Lie. That's the letterboxed one-liner for Argyle. The more than one-liner goes something like this. When the plots of reclusive author Ellie Conway's fictional espionage novels begin to mirror the covert actions of a real-life spy organization, quiet evenings at home become a thing of the past. I haven't read this yet. Accompanied by her cat Alfie and Aiden, that's Sam Rockwell, um, the cat-allergic spy. Ellie races across the world to stay one step ahead of the killers uh, as the line between Conway's fictional world and the real world begins to blur. This was, again, directed by Matthew Vaughn. He did Kingsman 1, Kingsman 2. He'll probably do Kingsman 3 if that becomes a thing. This makes was sense. W- written by Jason Fuchs, who has written, amongst other things, um, Ice Age, Age of Extinction. <laughs> did you ever see that? <laughs> <laughs> sort of. He's done it. He also did, like, It Chapter 2. Like, I couldn't quite pin this guy down, so I just... You know, I, I just said the favorite of, of stuff he's worked on, which is Ice Age. Uh, is it Dawn of Extinction, Age of Extinction? I have no idea, man. It's something Extinction. Um, again, the film stars not Age of Extinction. Argyle stars Bryce Dallas Howard. She plays Ellie Conway. Sam Rockwell, like I said, is Aiden. Um, Ellie's mom is played by Catherine O'Hara. You also have a big bad guy played by Bryan Cranston. His name is Ritter. He is sort of the, the head guy in charge of this bad it's covert spy thing called the division Um, Henry Cavill shows up as the manifestation of Ellie's character Argyle. We sort of get- Titular, if you will. Yes. We kind of get into the book via live playouts of his character interacting with people like John Cena and Dua Lipa and Ariana DeBose. Um, We also have Samuel L. Jackson show up, um, a reprisal of that actor in the Matthew Vaughn movies. He's been in the Kingsman movies. He does kind of a similar thing here. It came to theaters on February 2nd. It's two hours and 19 minutes long. Johnny, before you give me your thoughts on this, what, how do you feel about like, Kingsman
1: movies? Because they're, they're definitely a similar vibe. They are. They are in, and they aren't. But Exactly. Yeah. They are and they aren't. But I am a big fan of all of the Kingsman movies. I w- I've been on board uh, for the silly, like outlandish, over-the-top, but not quite satire of spy movies. Okay. Um, Yeah. Okay. What'd you think of this? Well, I gotta take a deep breath for this one. I absolutely hated it. Hated it, dude? You hated this movie? With a capital H. All right. Why? Man, it was so cringy and all over the place from the writing uh, to the acting to- the ridiculous amount of plot twists, uh, to the tonal indiscrepancy or discrepancies. I can't even remember words. This movie's got me so fired. Don't blame that on the movie. (laughs) I can't even speak competently. You know, between the first, second and third act, the first act I had the most fun. The second act started getting way convoluted and just trying way too hard. And then by the time the third act rolled around, I rolled my eyes more times than I probably watched the movie. Like I swear to God, I was looking at the ceiling more than the screen. It was just ugh. Okay, all right. Took it sucked the soul out of me. And no, not all right. One more thing. Sure, this movie had the downright audacity to be two hours and nineteen minutes long. That is just so completely unacceptable for this steaming pile of garbage to be that long. Like, no, just no. So all in, all bad, nothing good, hated it, never want to see it again. Worst movie of the last two years, (laughs) easily. Out of 10? Like 1.1.
0: 1.1, about as low as you can go. Um, I really liked this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. No, I did. Um, You know, the Kingsman 1 was pretty good. Um, Kingsman 2, I think, was more of the same, but less well thought out. Uh, And and I'm also with you, like I'm into like the fun, kind of goofy, self-aware spy stuff. I think Kingsman was a little bit more sincere when it comes to the actual spy stuff. This is very much a satire and it's a satire and comedy and action movie where everybody kind of knows what they're doing. I think this is at its highest when you have the Henry Cavill section of the story, Um, especially like the movie is does like a cold open with a chapter of the book where you see Henry Cavill walking into a dance party. And every line, like, did those lines work for you knowing that it wasn't what was really happening in the quote unquote real
1: world? I mean, when they were living in book sandbox, yes. yeah, yeah, sure, right. that okay. made sense. That's supposed to be audacious. It totally is. But I'm going to make the case that the whole movie is like that. It's
0: just layered with that stuff and it doesn't care to be serious ever. Um, we don't need to dwell on this now. I really dug it. I think the performances are great. Sam Rockwell's really fun. I think the cat stuff was overused, but I knew that would happen from the trailer. Could have done without quite so much of that. Um, like you said, there's lots of plot twists and turns. Uh, we won't spoil any of that now. I think that is part of the fun for you. It's part of the headache. Um, but there's a lot of it regardless for me, like, like it's seven dude, it's a good, it's a fun movie. (laughs) That I think it's bananas. great. I think it's that so fun. That is bonkers. It's great. Like, it's fun. It's a fun movie. I Ugh. saw it with, like, a bunch of old people, too. I saw it on Monday. I, you know this, but I went to Reno to – basically, I didn't see the movie on Saturday because I drove to the theater, um, was looking on the Cinemark app. Shout out to Cinemark. Uh, they mm-hmm. need it. And w- they were, like, ha- more than half the theater was full, and people were spaced like a checkers board or chess if you're sophisticated. Mm -hmm. There was like almost no seats where I didn't have to sit by somebody. I was like, you know what? It's Saturday. I'll see it on Monday in Reno. And it was in a theater with like a third of the seats total. And there was probably like six empty seats. So I just sat by a bunch of old people on a Monday morning who, by the way, (laughs) ate this movie up as well. I guess it was just me and old people. I don't know if young people like it, but I do. I don't even know if I'm young. So it's an old person movie, I guess. And Johnny, you are young because you don't like it. Maybe hey, I'll take that. It's a seven for me. Let's get into some of the nitty gritty. It's a 1.1 for you. That is a pretty damn large chasm, my friend. Yeah. Um, I don't expect you to change your rating. Uh, I wouldn't dream of changing mine, but I do hope that in the course of the next few minutes, we can sort of see where the other person's coming from. Maybe give a little ground in terms of, uh, just kind of, you know, understanding each other.
1: What was your favorite parts of this movie? Like, is there anything you liked? Uh um I liked Sam Rockwell quite a bit. He also failed the Sam Rockwell Will He Dance test in a movie. Absolutely. He uh, should always dance. He d- does pretty mm-hmm. much. It's yeah. fantastic. Um but I liked him. I thought he was maybe the one character that was um interesting in that it was actually a little fleshed out. There was nuance to it. It had um, you know, it progressed. He had, he was the only one with like an actual character arc that I found engaging at all. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I, I think one of the worst
0: performances, oh, we'll just go, we'll go opposites here. You tell me something you like, I'll tell you something I didn't like. Um, one of the least fleshed out characters was Sophia Butella's character who is called the secret keeper. She keeps secrets. Mm-hmm. That's it. She's, um, I think she like, is some nondescript eastern religion so you don't know what she looks like cuz she's wearing all sorts of layers it might be a hijab i'm not sure if i'm wrong that feels like it's potentially offensive but it's it's a face covering <laughs> and she gets she's a talented actress we saw her in a lot of things but i think you and i both really liked her in atomic blonde Mm -hmm. Um, she was good though. The movie was bad in climax. Uh, she's, Mm -hmm. she's a talented performer and she just gets nothing here. And it's like this thing that needs to happen for the plot. Like we have to chase this MacGuffin the whole movie. And she's like one of the people involved in that chase. And it was just really taxing. I think if I had to trim time, it would come from that section for sure.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, well, she only had like maybe three minutes of screen time too. I know. And
0: yeah. It's like a character that doesn't have to be there and is given very mm-hmm. little to do, except at one point says to another character, maybe you haven't changed as much as I thought, which is like, mm-hmm. that, we, we would have figured that out. Like that's us. That's her telling us. Yes. This, whatever. I can not want to get into it, but yeah. Okay. How about action set pieces? Anything stick out to you? Cause there's a lot like them or not. There's a ton of action set pieces here. Some are silly. Some are, I think pretty serious. What did you think?
1: hmm i liked um kind of the first time maybe not the first time i liked these the action sequence in the apartment when they track down the hacker's lair i liked that whole action sequence i thought that was pretty cool and then you know when they jump off the roof that was pretty cool too like that was like okay it was really cool very john wickian with the you know the combat and the, the the elements of fighting in a room with you know different you know, things at hand, they add that sort of um I don't know what you would want to call that, that improvisational inventiveness, yeah. Yeah, like that planned improv, kind of you know, like a Jackie Chan movie. Mm-hmm. Um and then they, they they jump off the roof and then things get kind <laughs> of okay. silly again. But like right. I I think this movie was at its best when it was being more straightforward. Which yeah, which you're right, does not
0: last very long. Cause like the whole movie is being sold on this author knows the future and keeps writing it in her books. um which which gets you only so far in a movie that does want to subvert those expectations a little bit. And we'll get into spoilers here in a little bit. but, um, yeah, you can only ride that kind of um, suspense or or plot line for so long before it's like, all right, like we have to go a different direction. And it does, but it sounds like less effectively for you than me.
1: yeah, if the whole thing felt very like bait and switchy in that it was had these moments where it was trying to be like more of a Kingsman style, like straight up like vague satire. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. you know, it jumped the shark at one point and just went full silly goose time. And this goose for me was just too silly. I,
0: I think that's a totally fair criticism of this movie. And and yeah, maybe it is sort of a, a mileage may vary per person because it is silly. And if you can't mm-hmm. get on board with it, you can't. I, at one point when the movie started, because the movie's about, at least at the beginning, a writer, who has writer's block and then leaves her home to go on a trip to go see family. And at that point I was like, this is, this is American fiction for white people. Like that's what mm-hmm. this movie's turning into. Uh, which was, it would have been a nice pairing if we did these two movies together. Uh, Cause both of those are films that explore kind of showing us literally what's happening in the books, but on screen and like deals with kind of um, mixed realities. So some weird yeah. parallels between, between that film and this one. Um right. that one probably the better film, American fiction, but still. Yeah, I would
1: say you know, just by no, a small just a margin. Little
0: bit. Um Good God. Okay. That's I mean, I kinda wanna talk spoilers here, so I feel pretty good stopping our conversation there and giving people one last warning if you do. Yeah, danger zone. All right, that's your second to last warning. We're spoiling our God when we come back from this very fun sound. Don't go anywhere.
1: Danger, danger zone, zone. Danger 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 zone.
0: Welcome to the Danger Zone. As your last warning, we are spoiling Argyle. Or, as you'd say if you've seen it, Ar-Kyle. A less-than-creative play on words that we find out is the character's real name. There'd be too much to spoil here. Just go. Like It would take us too long to break down the whole yeah. plot. Um, so if I may, I'll just give kind of the brief things we need to understand
1: to discuss this movie fully. Do I have your Finkel permission? is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Yeah,
0: um, right. Turns out, Five years earlier, five years before the events of this film, Ellie uh, or Rachel, as we find out her name is, was kidnapped after an accident by the division. She is then brainwashed by her mother and Brian Cranston pretending to be her parents in this weird sort of psychological torture situation that in which they coerce her to reveal the secrets of the government or her agency by putting them in a novel and Apparently, this is pretty effective because she becomes like a best-selling author. And like as she's about to put out her last book, her mom is like, "You got more of the story to tell, don't you?" And then and then it, it all unravels from there, and we get all these various little plot twists. But that's kind of the gist. Her name was Rachel Kyle R. Kyle, and it's it's a it's a movie about rediscovering her identity, rediscovering love, rediscovering that she's a badass, um, and taking us on a wild ride in the process.
1: That is, yeah, I mean, that's technically true, but that just is such an optimistic way to spin that. Thank you. Um,
0: yeah, yeah I try to be that way. I, plus, I liked it. I probably would, if I were in your shoes and I had to set up the danger zone, I would have said it differently. But yeah, I, mean, I did it. That's that's why you're in charge of the intro. Right. So, like, I, I don't know. I really dug it, dude. Like, I think the, fi- like, the final, si- here's what doesn't make sense. At, they're trying to, like, break down the whole thing, right? They're trying to, like... D- They're trying to send a package via, like, Wi-Fi to Samuel L. Jackson through this big server, which is on an oil tanker, I guess. And they kill literally everyone, and then they get to the final stage, and Brian Cranston shows up after Rachel's upset, and Brian Cranston says out loud to Sam Rockwell, she's just realizing she needs, you know, like an optical clearance, and these are the only two peepers that are going to get you there. And so, like, if that were the case, why send all of your goons, blow up the ship? Like, why go to all this trouble (laughs) Mm -hmm. if he could have just stayed locked behind a door and she never would have gotten it? Yeah. That's a pretty big plot hole. That's
1: I mean, that's tough to overlook. Well, she can't get it if he doesn't put himself out there. I know, but why would he put himself out there? Because it's a terrible movie. It's not a terrible
0: movie. That is a terrible writing call. It led to some pretty fun action scenes. One of the most, like Kingsman, that I saw in the movie was when they had these very colorful sort of gas grenades. I thought yeah. that sequence was awesome, and I bet I you hated stand it. it. <laughs> it's so silly. They're dancing romantically. There's a, a, a an inversion of a dance move that happens early on, and we get Sam Rockwell doing the uh, follower position, which is delightful. I thought it was great. I, you know, I do wish there was a little more violence, like a little more visual violence. I think that could have been nice.
1: Yeah, this movie needed to be any little bit more of one thing because don't get me wrong, man. You, you want to have a silly goose time? I'm here for a silly goose time. Mm-hmm. But they tried dipping their toes in the water of, of two styles of movies so much that it really just ended up with a very muddled final product. Like that silliness, if it was throughout and they just kept that tone would have, it would have landed because if that's the way her life and her spy exploits are, that wasn't really conveyed to the level that it was in the third act in like her books and the live action sequences that we got with John Cena and, uh, what's his name? Henry Cavill. Yeah. You know I don't know. So, I think it kind of was like, I mean, he maybe. pulls her off of a motorcycle with one. That was arm. pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Like that's silly. Um, that's. I mean, it was pretty silly, I That's guess. maybe the best example I can come and up he with. And he did do a board slide with a vehicle. That was crazy. Uh, uh, shout
0: out to our friend Monty, who commented on the Instagram reel you posted. About
1: soaps? About soaps, because yeah, I don't
0: think, maybe Monty's heard the whole episode, but we talked about at some length, Healy's and mm-hmm. like grinding on reels with, what did you just call them? Soaps. Soaps? I didn't know what those were, and so like Johnny took a long time to explain them to me. And that got that didn't make the real, by the way. But then our friend Monty chimed in and was like, soaps are better. And I was like, did you listen? Or are you just saying that? Do people think soaps are
1: better than Healy's? If he didn't listen, right. and that opinion <laughs> was just like locked and loaded, that is so gangster.
0: Maybe I like now I'm feeling like I'm just out of the loop. Like maybe soaps are the way to go. Like maybe, maybe I'll try those. I'll get you Healy's. You can get me soaps and we'll see who <laughs> breaks a hip first. And we can go shred. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, but yeah, he he Ground, he grind grounded a jeep, grinded a jeep, which was pretty gnarly. Yeah, he did a sweet, like, board slide with a jeep. Yeah, it was goofy. That was, like, a silly time. So I would argue that her life as a spy was like that because those books are based on her life as a spy. So
1: I don't know. Maybe. And then the life started reflecting the art with more exactly. reality. Yeah, yeah right, I exactly. Know. I mean – You could argue that I need to watch this movie again. You'd be
0: wrong, but you could argue that. Yeah, I don't think I need to argue. It's not – I don't think it'll change that much. Like if you hated it – if you were at like a four, I'd be like, give it another shot. But you're at a 1.1, which is –
1: I don't think – no. yeah, like I said, I'm not trying to change your rating. I don't think it's going to happen. There's no coming back. I loathe it entirely. I will say there was a hilarious moment when Dua Lipa like shouted out her own single as a character in this movie. I don't know this. She was like, she looks somebody in the eye and she's like, give me two seconds or I'm just going to go Houdini or something like that. And that's like her newest single. That's like her hit single off of her newest album.
0: I was like, did she just
1: drop a Houdini reference in the, almost said the Kingsman in the Argyle?
0: There's, um, There's this great video essay that I'm forgetting now who made it, but talks about this epidemic of particularly like Netflix released movies that are essentially just like product placement for the actors in it. And I think Mm -hmm. he sort of indicts like the rock and, um, Ryan Reynolds. Cause, cause the rock's got, what's his alcohol? Oh, uh, Tara All right. And then Ryan Reynolds has like aviation gin or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like in all of these movies, like red notice is one of them. Um, the gray man, I think might, is that Ryan Reynolds? I know Gosling's in that, but isn't somebody else in that also? There is something. It's a trash movie. Uh, Who else is in The Gray Man? Chris Evans? Yes, yes, Chris Evans, right. Yeah. Whatever, it's some of these movies on Netflix, not that one. But, like, Mm -hmm. almost every shot where somebody is, like, drinking anything, there's a label-facing-out version of, like, Aviation Gin. And it's just, like, so many movies are just feeling like an excuse to make endorsements for the things of the people in the movies. And this kind of sounds like that, even though this one sounds funnier.
1: Yeah, because she didn't have a big part. It was She was in the beginning for maybe five minutes. Yeah.
0: She came back, I think, didn't she, for like another flashback? Did she? I, th- I don't know, maybe.
1: Oh, yeah, because there was like the motorcycle chase after she shot um, the, the girl in the Jeep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's that whole
0: thing where – where I thought I, – Here's what I thought could have happened and would have um, made me really respect this movie. Is if in the end when Bryce Dallas Howard's character shoots Aiden – If she actually shot him and killed him, like Mm -hmm. if she was not coming back from that trance and now she is back to being crazy assassin, like that would have been like a very, I don't know if it would have made the movie better, but I would have been like, that's a swing and like you're making the good guy a a bad guy. That's a hell of a choice. And I also don't really buy how she didn't kill him. Like I know they explain it ad nauseum, but uh, it's a pretty precise shot, you know? Yeah, I didn't buy it. Yeah, I like that. He, that he had allergies. That was funny for me. Obviously, that was funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. At the same time, they get to that statue, and the cat's in the backpack, and they're outdoors, and he's having a sneezing attack. And as somebody with cat allergies, I call bullshit. That is not. He's in an enclosed this, backpack. No. Yeah, that's not how that works. No.
1: That it's means you I just idea. have regular allergies. So, right. <laughs> just blame the cats. Um,
0: well, I don't know. You got anything else? Do you just like the oil? I don't get why. Um, you can strap knives to your feet and skate on oil.
1: Ooh. That doesn't quite make sense, but it was a fun scene. You know? That scene made me want to gouge my eyeballs out with a Phillips head screwdriver. Not with the ice skates, huh? No. Like, yeah, she just like stepped on knives with her boots and they didn't cut her feet. Nope. Thick but boots. then she could do but then she was busting like sweet triple axles. Mm-hmm. Like she's like she's like Tanya Harding or, or yeah. another figure skater that I can totally think of. Yeah, we won't, we could name probably 100
0: if we wanted to. We're not going to. This isn't a sports <laughs> podcast. Um,
1: 100 figure
0: skaters? Easily. That's a- between me and you, dude, I got 80. You got 20 of them for sure. Again, we're not going to do that- it here. <laughs> now, listen, I like that Carlos, the bad guy at one point, once the oil's gushing, by the way. Yeah. And it's gushing like they're shooting bullets into oil tanks. <laughs> like... <laughs> a lot and nothing explodes and it goes for like a minute. And then finally somebody in the control room is like, turn off the pumps. At which point that guy Carlos is like guns down boys knives up or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's so many things wrong. why, why didn't it explode the first time? Why didn't somebody shut off the pump earlier? And then why at the very end when she does like the spinning crouch down thing that skaters do where they cross their ankles and they go lower and lower and spin in like a tornado, Mm-hmm. And she's shooting. Why didn't that? Why? Why didn't that make anything blow up?
1: Well, they're luckily they're on a tanker of that oil that's not flammable, <sighs> except when it is, and they blow up the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's very convenient. It's actually got a timer that you wouldn't understand. Plot armor, baby. Yep. uh. uh one of my least favorite scenes, and there were so many, was okay. the scene the the, the, the f- final moment where uh, you know. R. Kyle gets activated like she's some sort of Manchurian candidate. Oh, this was tough all of a too. sudden. Yeah. For once, like just the first time, only time. Um, yeah. Catherine O'Hara just activates her with some code words and uh, controls her with a, a, yeah. a music box doll thing. Uh, and apparently she will only be that Manchurian candidate type assassin while the doll is spinning and the music is playing. Poor design. Just. <laughs> It made me (laughs) so mad. Like, can
0: you picture, like, I didn't, so you picture on a mission and it's like, she's walking in guns blazing and Catherine O'Hara is like creeping behind her, like winding that thing up 30 seconds at a time. Like kill, kill, kill. Yeah. Just with a little music box. It's also just, it's get out. It's the teacup from get out. Yeah. It's also, it's all, she didn't really use code words, but that would have been like, uh, with the winter soldier kind of thing.
1: I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, literally the Manchurian candidate. Yeah, or the
0: Manchurian candidate. It's been, it's been done a lot. And yeah. I do think, yeah, there's usually a, a little bit more of a sort of a cool-down period slash activation period. But it's literally the moment that stops. Yep. out. So how, did, in, how in, was she in character so long? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Who knows? Would have been nice if okay. they put, like, that music on in her background in her, in her sleeper cell life. That would have been kind of a nice nod
1: yeah that would have been good good writing and good execution though yeah two things uh, two, thing, two I, things this movie did not have i am done with this if you are i would like to be done with it forever we can, it's be, fun, we can be done with it forever it's, it's always fun talking to you but i never want to talk about that movie again do
0: you have any more beer in your glass
1: i have maybe three ounces but i can finish that on the way to the fridge to get my next beer.
0: okay sounds great i'm gonna finish mine too uh to you listening or watching we'll be right back with beer number two don't go anywhere Okay, beer number two. We got it. We each have one can of the house. Sorry, doesn't say that. One can of House IPA from Berryessa. Johnny Summers, tell me more.
1: Yeah, dude. This is a West Coast IPA, 7%. This true West Coast style IPA pours a slight copper hue with a thick beige head, a sticky ripe stone fruit aroma with a rich malt base and a balanced hop flavor and bitterness. I've got no
0: real confidence in reading the date on the bottom of the can. I think it says canned and then it says a bunch of dots. Does yours seem any more legible? Mine's January canned 12324. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, we're we're about a month young on this thing. I'm going to open mine up I haven't yet cuz I was trying to decipher the bottom of that, but this is a very different can design. It's um much more maximalist. It's got a very abstract sort of um I would say digitally rendered version of a house uh, yeah. and green splatters everywhere. It says house IPA and black block lettering. And it, they give a shout out to the artist. I don't think actually our first can had that too. So, so credit where credit is due. The first can um, fast pass to Hellas, the artist there was Feezy uh, just either first name la- first name or last. I'm not sure which this can Chris Miller shout out to Chris Miller. I like this can a lot. I think it's very cool. Me too. I'm excited yeah, to open it. It's a funky
1: design, man. It's got totally real is. personality.
0: Yeah. Um. I can't... Sorry, remember if I asked you, did you even open yours yet?
1: Yeah, I did. All right. Uh, I got, I got um, held up uh, at gunpoint on the way back from the kitchen to share this beer with my lovely wife. Why? She, did you guys have this one at the brewery? No. I've never had this before. She was just like, "I, mama needs a drink? I was No, I was like, hey, you want some beer? Oh, I was that's on the sweet. way back. And it's so like just share. Yeah, it's nice. All right, great. Well then do you have some in your
0: glass? I do, and I've actually taken a sip. Okay, you you can see where this is going. What yeah. you what
1: do you think of the beer? <laughs> I was trying to just give you these other hands, like, all right, here we go. Prep yourself to yeah. talk. So I think it's it's quite nice. Uh it is it is a very well balanced West Coast IPA. It's it's clear aesthetically and you know, on the nose and on the palate what it is. It is very good at doing what it's trying to do. There's a, a really nice, full-bodied hop presence. A really, en- oh, burp. Oh, yeah, so yeah. professional. That's I fine. really enjoy the um, the amount of bitterness compared to like the sweetness and the maltiness. It strikes a really, I would say, middle of the road chord somewhere between traditional, old school West Coast IPAs that used to just be like bitter hop bombs and like a more new school approach that has like some citrus, floral, stone fruit notes that give it like a little bit of juice, but that juice doesn't take away from the hops and the bitter punch. So the, the blending of those two styles, like it's obviously got its roots in tradition, but it is is definitely crafted with a somewhat new school approach. And I really dig that.
0: Do you think when people write something like this true West Coast IPA, what they really mean is like, like it just feels like, <laughs> Just feels like an old person saying like, they don't make them like this anymore. Like, uh, and want to give it more like a, like an, it feels like it should be a modern beer, but you're right. Like it's got some, it's got some legs back in the past. And I, it's not old. Like we said, it's like, it's a month old. It's, um, Mm -hmm. it's very resiny, Very hot bitey. It's extremely, extremely bitter. They said on the can that it's 60 IBUs, which Mm -hmm. that tracks. Okay. Like, Maybe, but it's certainly interested in giving you the bitterness up front, but Mm -hmm. despite that, um, in bitter enthusiasm or rather enthusiasm for the bitterness, it's not hiding what is a pretty obvious sweet backbone for me. And those Mm -hmm. things often, and especially now are in conflict with each other, um, in a way that doesn't, um, arouse my intensity. It's like, Oh, this is a great, you know, it's like not watching Muhammad Ali in the ring or anything. It's like they're fighting each other. It's kind of a sloppy street fight. Like, I I don't know. They're not, it's just not, I don't know. It's it's I've only had like one or two drinks. I'm going to try it again, but I'm, I'm conflicted, I guess is the point so far.
1: Okay. I could see that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of beers that we do that are of that more like new school, West coast IPA mentality where like, we're going to have the hops, but we're going to have some bright citrus notes. And like, we're going to have, like I was saying, some of that like juicy implications where it balances that out. But I'm, I'm definitely picking up what you're saying that it is almost like a a collision of worlds a little bit.
0: Yeah. The flavor here is kind of suffering from the success of the aroma. Cause it really Mm. smells like something that is going to be bright and hop forward, but in a way that feels more balanced. And then when you taste it, it's, I don't know, it's a little bit less dimensional, uh, maybe just two dimensional rather than five or six. I don't know. Um, Don't love it off the bat. And I don't think that's going to change. I don't think it's ever going to, on a third or fourth drink, win me over into being in love with it, but it's not, it's not bad. It's, it's pretty good. It's okay. It's fine. I think it's fine. I'll try it again. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I think it's fine. It is.
1: It all comes down to the fine, man. Hate to use the F word on the show, you know what I mean? But fuck, I don't. don't Let's tell you, (laughs) (laughs) it's a family show. Uh, it's fine. Um, no, I'm kind of right there with you. Like, I I enjoy it, but I'm not crazy about it. It definitely, I I like what they're putting out with the a little bit of sweetness clashing. You know, going head to head with the hops. Does it achieve a perfect balance? No. Is it something that I would drink again? Absolutely. I. I would put it as at above average and I definitely like it. Don't don't love it, but I I like it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I like it. I'm not going to throw quite a bit on there. I don't dislike it and it really is just the perfect recipe for fine. When I say things like that, it's like I don't It's yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's good. It is good. It mm-hmm. is fine to good. That's kind of where I'm at. I already have my rating. Um anybody that's ever heard me say fine before probably knows what that rating's going to be. Do you have your rating? Yeah. I, I don't mean to rush through this beer. We, we don't have to be done with it yet, but I, I am very confident in how I feel about it. Is there anything else you want to talk about?
1: No, I think it is a beer that is exactly what it is. It's it's easy to wrap your head around, and it's it's a very straightforward IPA. So I would say there's there's not a ton of nuance, and we've pretty much covered all of the nuance that I can you know diagnose. Um, and yeah, I, I think I'm ready to rate it. It's
0: I thought of one more descriptor. I think it might be like, it might be a regional banger, mm. which is kind of to say, well, it's kind of to say if there's, uh, it feels, it feels rude. I don't mean to sound rude, but like if there's not a ton of local pressure to constantly evolve and possibly make something a little better, and if you're in a place where you don't have a, like if you're not in a huge metropolitan area, where you have tons of beer choices, This is probably a banger. Like if you're out in the sticks and your brewery's cranking this out, my God, how lucky are you? Does that make sense? Or is that like just so condescending? Should I cut that out? Is that too condescending?
1: I I don't think so. I mean, there's there's room for a beer to be a local favorite that maybe doesn't hold up on like a world stage. That's perfectly reasonable. Right. Like (sighs) I think if you're setting out to do something, most people are like,
0: we should, we want to be the best at it, mm-hmm. but not everybody can be the best at it. Only one people can be the best at it. Um, yeah. that sounds only one thing or person can be the best at it. Um, so it's like, how far out do you want to zoom? Cause I will argue Barry is the best at it in winters, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, Sierra Nevada or secret trail or, or whoever is the best at it in Chico. But if you keep zooming out, like everybody's going to be sort of nudged out, except for whoever's on top. Mm-hmm. So I guess I stand by it. I don't mean it to sound rude. It's a it's a totally fine IPA, and it gets better as you live closer to where it's made. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Um, okay, so with that said,
1: it's a local banger. What is your rating, Johnny Summers? For me, it's a 6-6. Six, six. It's solid. It's above average. It's good score. Com- completely acceptable. I don't hate it by any stretch, but it's it's not outstanding it doesn't hit that upper echelon of west coast ipas for me
0: mm-hmm. i just finished what was in my glass while you were speaking because i enjoy it it's good mm-hmm. it's not great it's definitely not bad it's a five for me it's totally fine i would love to have it again if i'm going to the brewery if i'm passing through whatever it is i would happily have this beer super yeah. tasty i dig it mm-hmm. by the way are you This i could say this for hot and bothered do you have anything else about the this beer Uh, I do not. All right. If you, the listener, have any feedback on anything we've discussed today, you can call or text, again, 530-433-0839. Again, that number is 530-433-0839. If you have a lot more words to say and it's easier to type on your computer, uh, you can send us an email, fhccast at gmail.com. And while you're doing that, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Hot and Bothered. Hot and Bothered. Okay, welcome to Hot and Bothered. It's where we veer off the course of things and and talk about whatever we want. And the thing that I want to start with is Johnny. Have you been looking like at the camera as if you're talking to me, or has every the camera just kind of been there? And no, if, I've been looking because I am looking down the barrel and I'm picturing oh you on the other side. Like every time I That's talk aggressive. to you, I like look into the lens and I'm realizing, like, if you don't do that, I'm going to look like a psycho who's just I- like, <laughs> staring at the camera. Uh, we should have have done that like twice dang all right well shoot because i feel like you know when we're in the same room generally speaking it's apparent that we're talking to each other even if the camera's like off to the side yeah like the way that cameras are usually set up is that it seems like we're
1: talking to each other yeah but here we're obviously i assume um in very different places so i've i've been trying to make as many funny faces at the camera as possible so while you're speaking uh, no, while you're speaking, Well, they're not going to show up. Is that why you're doing
0: it? Yeah, it's fun. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, I just, I kind of like pick my nose when you're talking, you know? Yeah. Just kind obviously. of make sure I double I check my makeup and make sure yeah, I'm still looking at the editor. You're the editor. You yeah, can, right. I can move. Yeah, totally. Movie magic. Okay. Um, you've seen a movie that was on my radar, but I never got to see last year and oh, I'm okay. very excited to hear about it. Would you kind of set it up for me?
1: Yeah. So I watched a movie called Next Goal Wins. came out in 2023. It was directed by Taika Waititi and mm-hmm. it starred Michael Fassbender. Uh, and Taika Waititi had a cameo. There was an actress named Kaimana, okay. I want to say. Uh, Elizabeth Moss was in it. Luke Hemsworth. Um, a pretty good sized cast, but a lot of people that are not necessarily actors. This was a movie about the American Samoa soccer team. That we all which, know and love from this, the sports accolades they've gained over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they were they were most famous for um, having never scored a goal, which was... Pretty hilarious, uh, and basically the synopsis reads: With the 2014 World Cup qualifiers approaching, down on his luck, coach Thomas rongan tries to turn the American Samoa soccer team into winners. This is all based on a true story. It was, uh, you know, this guy was real. They had some pictures of him at the end working with the team, and it's it's pretty much founded in fact, and it is stuff that is kind of of legend in American Samoa. Um, It was a sports movie done by Taiko Waititi. So it was viciously self aware. It was very um, on the nose with calling out how this could be viewed as like a white savior movie. Just about to ask. Um, I loved that for that, how it was, it called itself out on that. And they're like, Hey man, we could maybe just have less of what the white guy's feeling. You know, just, just yeah, it was perfect in that because it's not a movie you, like I felt guilty watching, or like it's not all about him. It's it was about him ingraining himself to a culture and the culture ingraining itself to him, him being Michael Fassbender's character, the coach in the situation. Um, for me, it was it was kind of like a sports movie that was more just a wholesome fun to watch movie about a culture. And I don't think you need to be a sports fan to watch it. I think this is a perfect sports movie for you, Max. Yeah. Um, okay. It had, right. it had shades of Taika Waititi's um, humor and his dialogue and his directorial directorial style mm-hmm. all over it. I was, I was a big fan. It was nothing that's going to change your life. Right. But okay. it's definitely something that is very entertaining Um, Super worthwhile, worth watching, especially as it's based on a true story. Also, I thought it was really, really awesome that they had um, in the movie an actor portraying um, this person that was real. It was – she played Jaya. Okay. Who was the first non-binary, I believe, person ever to compete in the FIFA World Cup. Okay. In any capacity. So the fact that they kind of tackled some of those – larger issues and and realities of the world, I thought was handled really well. And the way that um, that person, the way that they fit into American Samoan society and how it was just like, so regular. They have a fun word for it. Like they're like our flowers. Like it was just so beautiful and graceful. And like, I feel like that was such a reflection on maybe American Samoa as a society, just being really pretty chill uh yeah so i liked it are you saying they
0: have their own simone word for it or they just said flower no they had
1: their own word can i, I want to say can I spell it, it was for, oh do you know it it's fafini it is it's its fa a fa yeah yeah they, pr- they pronounce it fafini all right great it's a very cool looking word yeah so man it like it had a little little of this a little of that a lot of real life a lot of uh sucking his sports i mean it definitely had kind of a bad news bears mm. meets american samoa vibe it right, was right. it was a good time i think you should watch it i would give it like a seven one seven maybe 1. six eight pick somewhere in there pick damn it six eight six point okay
0: oh bummer all right uh if it was seven point one i would have watched it but if it's below seven i'm probably not gonna that's fair uh no i don't know i might um if you want to watch it it's on hulu i'm guessing that's where you saw it, johnny yeah, two cool. clicks away, man. Super cool. easy. Yeah, it's an hour forty four. Pretty easy watch if you're wanting to watch a movie on a any night really. That's not a. It's not a big ask. No, um, I don't have too much going on, man. I've been uh, since we recorded last week. I've um, played a few shows. I'm I'm now in Reno. I so said it's probably become clear. I'm not in town with you. Um, gonna go it's very clear to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I meant to say as it's probably clear because I'm not with you, as people might see on uh, our YouTube channel. I know. I miss you. Um, I got to be on stage singing songs in about one hour. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to leave Reno a night early. Um, or rather, a, yeah, a night early because uh, I'm playing in a different casino tomorrow night. Um, and then a couple days off and
1: getting back into the swing of things
0: on the home front. That's where I'm Love at it. We,
1: I'm excited. Uh, it should be on both our Hot and Bothers, but it's not. We've got a movie date Friday. Oh, yeah. I mean, that'll tie into it because I, assu- I assume we're covering that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, which is to say, we're going to be watching the Zone of Interest, uh, which is coming to has come to video on demand for rental. But if you live in Chico, is screening at the Pageant. I would guess Thursday,
1: Friday, Saturday. Yes, maybe even Sunday. Maybe There was, Sunday. was a bunch of showings.
0: Yeah, so we're seeing it on Friday. Um, Johnny, are we seeing it at five or seven?
1: I don't remember
0: we i think you said five great we're seeing it at seven see y'all there that way we can be gone cool and not have to socialize yeah um exactly. but we're covering that on the show it's a movie that we've wanted to see for quite a while now and it's just not it's not an, an american film so it's not really been in cinemas except for limited runs and at
1: art house theaters like the pageant so it's been nominated yeah. for a couple of academy awards so including I'm, best picture is it it's our last best picture nominee man, are you that's why i've been are you a hundred on that 100 out of 100. Great. Then, yeah, that'll be our last best picture that we haven't
0: covered yet. So I'm really excited because the Academy Awards are in, like, I don't know, like six weeks maybe? I can't remember.
1: Yeah. No, it's really great to be able to be fully informed, and I love that this movie's making another run. Yeah, same. Um, I guess I do have one more final thing, which is that these past couple nights here in Reno, I
0: have fallen asleep to Suits, which has sort of made appearances and disappearances on our show. Um, suits is bad. All right? It's not good, Johnny. I don't know how far I you up. ever got
1: into it. <laughs> I gave up.
0: It's like fully, comm- I mean, I don't even know what season I'm in. It all feels the same. I'm like way into it, but it's like so much drama. Like every, every scene is two characters arguing about something that gets resolved in 30 minutes. There's no stakes. Nobody ever gets fired for good. It's just, it's just trash TV. And I really love it. And I'm going to watch it tonight after my show, but It mm-hmm. sucks. And I would say if you can spare yourself, listener, from starting that show and avoid getting invested in this insane storyline of this law firm called Pearson, Hardman, Spectre, Lit, whatever the name is, at any given point, spare yourself. It's just,
1: it's just a lot. Are you saying that it's so addictive that, like, once you start, you won't be able to stop? It's like eating popcorn a handful won't do?
0: It's not quite that bad. Like, it's not it's not the same as, like, addictive smut, like, magazines,
1: but it's close. Did you just... What do you mean by addictive I mean, like, the National Enquirer, I guess. Like, people, like, get hooked on that. Or,
0: like, Uh, (laughs) e-magazine.
1: Like, it's shit you don't need to know. I I imagined, like, pornography when you said smut magazines.
0: No, I guess I mean, like, cultural smut, like... But yeah, of course, I think smut does mean that. But I guess I meant like, you know, like um, just like it's 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 empty calories of of pop culture nonsense.
1: So same category as like a like a Jersey Shore or a Kardashians.
0: Suits is better than that because it's not actually preying upon the behavior of real people more or less living their lives. Um, it's okay. still scripted, which I think helps. It's like Gray's Anatomy kind of or like, um, like any of these shows that just run forever with no end in sight it's just like just end end things. It's like in Argyle, she should have just ended the books. and it's always like let's cliffhanger, one more we can squeeze mm-hmm. one more book out of our listeners or readers. I, I guess books are for readers or listeners
1: if you're an audiobook person like we are. word. So I think the takeaway here is like suits is, better for you than popcorn but worse for you than heroin you can't mix these metaphors yeah like it's 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 like suits is like
0: suits is like m&m peanuts peanut m&ms cuz you got the peanuts which aren't great for you but at least I think there's the a chocolates that not good for you the part the chocolates definitely not good for you the peanuts aren't even that great but at least there's peanuts and it's like sour skittles are on the other are on like the lowest end and then like over here's on the I don't know if we're going vertically or horizontally, but on the, on the, the top of that is like, you know, trail mix with
1: not even M&Ms in it. So that's the good stuff. That's the, that's the good stuff. I like that stuff. I don't do dairy. So I'm down with that. Just give me the, the cashews, the almonds, the peanuts, the cranberries, the raisins. That's what I want.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is, I mean, it is good. So that's true. But, uh, yes, it's like, whatever suits is kind of in the middle. Like there's some good to it. It's not total trash. Um, I think what you said, like Jersey Shore, keeping up with the Kardashians, very good examples of pure trash. Yeah. So suits is like
1: Subway, because like yeah, it, suits is like Subway. better. It's better than a burger, but it's like not as good as like a salad maybe that you make at home because it's still got a bunch of preservatives and you're going to put cheese on it, mm-hmm. you're going to put mayo on it because you're fat and yes. that's me. But but, but people keep me.
0: buying Subway. So what do you yeah. stop making sandwiches?
1: Isn't, no, Subway keep... Wait, isn't Subway going out of business?
0: isn't Subway going out of business? <laughs> I've heard that a bunch of them are the, just
1: Like every closing. California
0: Subway is closing.
1: I heard that it was like one franchise owner because it's definitely not all of them. Oh, okay. Did okay, you know good. that Subway has more locations than any other fast food chain in the United States by like a shocking amount? Does Starbucks coffee count as a fast food chain?
0: Yes. It does not have more than Starbucks.
1: Yes, it oh, does. Oh, you know what?
0: Actually, because there's that kind of regional split between Starbucks and uh-huh. Dunkin'. And I think yep. Subway appeals to every, every American who wants to try to be healthy, but not that much. Yeah.
1: It's like three to one Dang! And like it's not even close. It's shocking. That's pretty great. I mean, so, I like, when's the last time you had Subway? Uh, a couple of years. Oh,
0: not, not a big Subway. Guy. I haven't either forever for, it's been a long time for me as well.
1: Yeah. But I mean, they have a child predator that says that'll help you lose weight. So, I mean, for sure, just keep going there. He did lose a lot of weight though. Yeah. So at least that's
0: true. I mean, he had to run pretty fast (laughs) to get away from, I was going to say get away from the authorities or to, yeah, either way. Isn't he, he's in jail, right? He better be in jail. Oh yeah. Big time. Big, big, uh, big jail guy. Now I met him. No, that's not true. I was at an event. I think I've told you this on the podcast. Yeah. He was like the celebrity, um, guest and like, this was like two years before the stuff came out. Um, um, and I remember
1: not being able to tell that story for very long.
0: Because it was did cool for a little you? bit. No, sir, he did not.
1: Thank God. Yeah. Because if he did, I would get arrested and get into prison just so I could punch him for you. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it.
0: Mm-hmm. Seems like a weird way to end the show, but it does seem like we have nothing else to talk about. So... I mean, that's not unbothered, man. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're good, I will say this stuff, which is that the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of, of course, Bailey Minardi. Um, everybody on Patreon, which... Um, rather who are in no small part responsible for the fact that you can hear us and see us when we are far apart, hours apart, and able to put our show on the internet and on the radio for people to hopefully enjoy, but at the very least hear. Um, And if you haven't checked out the Handlebar, check them out. They're
1: a great spot to grab a beer. And my name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. Be sure to watch some some fun movies, drink some tasty beers. uh, Most importantly, just be good to each other. I would like to dedicate this episode to Butters the Cat. Cheers to you. Who's Butters? W- Alright, and- doesn't matter. And I will see you guys next week. Report to we hope you enjoy. <laughs> and- this is Fresh, Fresh Hop Cinema.